Hey guys, welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. I hope you grabbed your caffeine because we're about to jump straight into today's episode. Our spooky place for the day is one of the most haunted places in Chicago, Illinois. First, I hope that you guys are doing great. There's been a lot of storms around us lately, a lot of really bad weather, and um, also just holidays, breaks, uh, spring break. I hope that you guys had a good and safe one. Um, and I hope you're getting better weather than what we're getting. <laughs> um, but yeah, all in all, I hope you guys are doing well. I am really, really excited to jump into today's episode. I've been wanting to do an, uh, an episode on this place for a really long time. So I'm sure you've heard about James M. Nederlander Theater. Well, in Chicago, it was previously known as the Oriental Theater opened in 1926 and it was a luxurious movie palace. Throughout its history, many notable acts have performed here, including Cab Calloway, Ella Fitzgerald, the Marx Brothers, Frank Sinatra, and Sarah Vaughan. Today, the Oriental Theater houses everything from concerts to Broadway shows, as it is now run by Broadway in Chicago. Now, there is an alley that sits in the middle of downtown Chicago, just behind this grand theater. It's called Couch Place. That's the official name. It's a pass-through for pedestrians. Um, a lot of the actors and stuff use this alley, and just a lot of people actually use this alley to commute every single day also holds the stage door and the loading area of the theater. And while the history of the Oriental Theater goes back to 1926, a little bit of the land on Randolph Street between State Street and Bearborn was home to a theater before the Oriental. It was the Iroquois Theater. It was constructed very, very fast in the summer and early fall of 1903 with plans to open in the winter. It was hyped up to be the best of the best, extra elegant, and it was reported to cost over a million dollars to construct. It was a very fancy theater and everyone was super, super stoked about it. And of course, everyone would want to be there on opening night. And of all the marvelous things of this theater that was advertised in the newspapers, it was also advertised as being absolutely fireproof. And you may know where we're heading now. On December 30th, 1903, the Iroquois was hosting a matinee showing of its first, but sadly only performance of the Mr. Bluebird musical. It was a musical comedy from New York with a vague plot about a man who married women and then murdered them, hiding their bodies in a closet. This particular performance, the Iroquois managed to sell out all of their seats, which was roughly 1,724 seats. But on top of that, they sold even more tickets for standing room only. They sold around 1,800 tickets for this one theater. Midway through the show, a stage light sparked, catching the highly flammable backdrop on fire. The crew backstage did their best to snuff out the flames, attempting to use Kyle Fire, 
a sort of fire extinguisher and powder form. Unfortunately, since the fire was above the stage, the powder couldn't be thrown onto the flames. The fire spread instantly and the audience realized something was terribly wrong. And as the crowd started to panic, the stars of the show, all of the actors started to panic as well. But there was an actor, Eddie Foy, who tried to calm the crowd and urge everyone to calmly and quietly leave the building. But of course, in the state of panic everyone was in, no one listened. People rushed from their seats. It, I mean, you have to think of what type of like mosh pit this place was of everyone trying to escape as fast as they could, trampling others. And they were soon to realize that they couldn't easily find the exit doors since none of them were labeled. When they did find the emergency exits, they discovered that all the doors used bascule locks. They were popular in European theaters, but people in Chicago at the time had no idea how these type of locks work. So no one could figure out how to get out. And you have to think it's a type of situation, like put yourself in one of the most stressful situations. But I mean, <laughs> amplify that by like 10,000 because you're in this trap building, it's on fire you have to think of the smoke and just everyone shoving and pushing and screaming. Just the most intense state I think you would ever be in. And then literally see the door. No, here's your chance to get out. Here's your chance to also save people. And it's like this crazy foreign equipment machinery that you've never used before and that you've never worked with before and just being so confused. I feel like in a state like that, it would be like somebody handing you like an Rubik's cube and being like, solve this or you die type of situation. Like that's the type of pressure that these people had and just trying to get out of this theater. For the few who could open the locks, they were quick to realize that all exit doors open inward and not outward. So again, think about the hundreds of people pushing and trying to get out of these doors that only open inward and there's so much force on them that there's no way to get them open. Again, screaming, crying, everything going on, it would be so hard to calm anyone or be like, hey, these doors open inward, calm down, you know, or get back or whatever. On stage, they had tried to lower uh, the fire curtain, but part of it snagged on lighting equipment. Um, so it only lowered halfway. I think their plan was to bring it down to try to put the flames out. There was a skylight above the stage that could be opened in case of a fire as well, so that the smoke and flames could travel upward away from the audience. The crew really, really tried their best in trying to rid of the fire and to try to save the theater. And of course, the many, many people, hundreds and hundreds of people, the skylight seemed nailed shut and it would not open. And when the door backstage was open to let the cast out, it let in a big gust of cold air feeding the flames, and then sending a fireball out into the house. At this point, the theater was just doomed, and anyone left inside, their survival rate was not high. 
For those in the upper levels, their fate seemed even worse. Those who tried to exit the theater and head back to the main staircase in the lobby found themselves locked inside by metal accordion doors. It was a customary thing to lock people in the upper levels um, when it was sold out so that no one could sneak down for the more expensive seats. So think about how shitty that is. I mean, think of it as like economy seats and like first class seats, that type of ordeal. And the fact that they went out of their way to lock them in to not be able to get to first class blows my mind, especially in such a hazard situation like this, like none of that was thought through, or even the people who locked it in the first place. Like, how would you not think to yourself like, oh my God, I need to go back and unlock that door or get those people out. Like I locked them in there. Crazy. Several people found doors that led to the fire escapes onto Couch Place, which was the back alley. But these escapes were frozen at the time. It's in December. Chicago gets super cold and they couldn't be lowered all the way to the ground. And in their panic, people began jumping to the brick alley below. Oof. As you can imagine, many died this way. Some of them survived their falls because they were cushioned by those who had jumped before them and had died. Several people were able to crawl to safety across the alley as well. Tenants in the building on the other side of Couch Place noticed the panic and had ladders and a few two-by-fours handy. They extended these out windows to those stuck at the fire escape. So think about people literally crawling window to window across a pretty, I mean, if you think about it, it's a pretty wide alley. So imagine it's life or death and you're crawling across a two by four. It, it's just insane to me. And, you know, some people were able to successfully crawl across the narrow boards, but some, again, fell to their deaths and others had the bridges split from underneath them and send them to the alley below. Overall, in the midst of this, you can imagine, I feel like anyways, in a time like this, it would probably seem like forever whenever you're trapped in a, you know, a situation like that. This fire lasted only 30 minutes, but in that 30 minutes from the people falling to their deaths, probably jumping to their deaths because they'd rather that instant instead of burning alive but also the people who did burn alive, this fire claimed the lives of over 600 people. And remember, there was only 1,800 tickets. And while that seemed like a really massive number to begin with, it doesn't seem so massive now that six more than 600 of them died during this tragic event. The majority of the dead that weren't found in the theater were outside on Couch Place. Some sources reported that the bodies were piled six feet high. As the recovery work began, the burned bodies from inside the theater were stacked up in the alley before being taken to various 
mortuaries to await identification. It is because of the ghastly sight of flames, people falling and jumping from the fire escapes, and the stacks of corpse after the fire that the Chicago News started to call this back street the Alley of Death and Mutilation, or as it is more known today as just the Alley of Death. And if you go there today, sure, you can still see the upcoming shows at the Nederlander Theater and perhaps see cast members of current shows as they enter through the stage door. The local lore says you might feel a cold breeze on your shoulder or even hear your name called by those who might haunt such a place of death. And through all of that tragedy and all of those lives taken, there's no memorial marking the location of the Iroquois Theater fire. But you can bet your ass the building fire codes have definitely enhanced. After the fire, laws were quickly enacted stating that exit doors had to be labeled and that all exit doors must open outwards. And Couch Place today is the inconspicuous alley. Despite the terrible memory of the fire long ago in December in 1903, the alley of death. It's so sad and so tragic how many lives were taken in this alley. And it really does, I think out of all of it, it really breaks my heart that the theater like still stands or like, you know, the new theater still stands and, you know, there's tons of people going to, you know, all of these shows and there's all of these laws, fire laws in place to make it a safe place. But the fact that there's not a memorial for the 600 plus people who lost their lives at night is just astounding to me. Like, that's crazy that they don't even have like a memorial for them whatsoever. It's very, very sad, but people do say that the alley, like I mentioned, is haunted and that a lot of the time when they're walking, they the temperature drops. Um, they feel like somebody is watching them and that there is, it's very, very busy, even though sometimes you, you're like one of the only ones walking down this alley. Um, it does stay busy. Like I said, it's a you know, an alley that a lot of people commute through and it stays busy because of shows. Um, but yeah, if you're ever even, if you ever catch it empty um, and are walking down it alone, you may still feel the presence of a bunch of people around you, even though there's not. But I don't know, really, there could be some spiritual beings around you. The weird one that I found was that a lot of people said that they have the sensation of people being around them, but they also get the sensation of hearing somebody whisper their name over and over and over again. Very chilling, but let me know what you guys think. I, of course, have pictures of the Alley of Death over on the blog today. Um, you can check it out. And, of course, if you're ever in the area, Chicago, and you want to check out the new and updated theater, definitely should. Um, and also know that there is plenty of safety precautions um, put in place nowadays. But while you're there, maybe take a minute to uh, take a stroll down this alley and think of the people who um, lost their lives and let that be... A memorial of them 
keeping them in our memory whenever we pass this place or think of this place. Um, there's also some very credible artwork. It is very um, sad, probably very disturbing to some, uh, showing people climb across the makeshift ladders and two-by-fours um, but I definitely wanted to share it for the blog because although it is devastating, it's a piece of history that I think should be put out there. And again, just keep those people in your memory and think of them today as you listen to this because they do deserve that memorial. Very sad and tragic. Let me know what you guys think or let me know if you guys have ever went to this theater. Um... I would absolutely love to still go. I love the theater. I love musicals and different shows. Um, but I definitely would love to um, take a walk down this alley um, as a memorial for those people and, you know, think of them and their lives. It's very, very sad to me. Um, but definitely a place that I've wanted to talk about for a while because it is now known as one of the most haunted places in Chicago, Illinois. And if you didn't know... There's a lot of haunted places in Chicago, so I thought it was crazy, but it does make sense with how many lives were so fast and just taken in this area. But again, let me know what you guys think. You guys can jump over to Instagram and find me. My handle is at Caffeine Crime Podcast. Let me know what you guys think on today's post. Um, give me some love and some like over likes over there. And also, uh, whatever podcast platform you're on, I hope that you guys will show some love by leaving a review. Let me know what you guys think. One more episode to finish out the season. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And I will see you next week in episode 10. Thank you, problem solver. What a fucking morning place. Uh, feeling pretty bent up when I'm swerving through the night. Uh, got a million bitches and they're trying to hit my line.